1: Sanjeev Okakar, CEO, and Jem Yildirim, COO. Here are a few tech headlines of the week. Cryptos tumble after South Korea's BitHum exchange hacked. So just like last week, another South Korean crypto exchange got hacked. Last week was CoinRail, and this week is BitHum. And what was stolen was around 35 billion won which in US dollars is 30 million. And this goes back to, although Bitcoin and Ethereum and other cryptocurrencies have yet to be hacked uh, itself, exchanges and wallets are very susceptible. So when you decide to invest your crypto assets, be very careful about one, which exchange you're putting it into and two, what type of wallet you have. And really, if you don't need to trade your crypto, you might as well put it into what's called a cold storage or cold wallet, which is usually a physical device. They think about a flash drive or think about in terms of even a printed paper of your private keys. We talked a lot last week about the EOS Mainnet launch. EOS is considered to be a entirely decentralized third-generation blockchain. Third-generation, I'd mentioned, means that it has governance built into EOS, which is a constitution and a governance system and arbitration. The arbitration is actually handled by 21 independent block producers that fluctuate. They're constantly voted in by the token holders. And in this case, one of the very first controversies is that while the constitution itself is yet to be ratified. The 21 block producers just took action to freeze seven suspected fraudulent accounts, meaning these accounts were created just to steal other people's crypto. And so they froze those accounts, and people are complaining that this is not what a decentralized governance system means. This is outside the reach of block producers, and therefore, they should have never done that. Uh, EOS just started literally a week ago. So we don't know how this is really going to turn out yet, and I will keep updating you on EOS. But even with those two stories regarding crypto theft and EOS block producers working together to freeze accounts, the funny thing is, is that the CEO of Goldman Sachs, Lloyd Blankfin, just said that he thought that crypto should not be taken too lightly and that just because people are unfamiliar or people think it's it's fraudulent or false, that he personally believes that crypto is here to stay. And that goes against what people like Jamie Dimon or Warren Buffett had said earlier so again, we talk a lot about blockchain and cryptocurrencies, and my belief is that uh, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. And that's the news. So Sanjeev and Jem, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, Your Welcome. Kids. Thank you, nice to be here. Good to be here.
1: And also congratulations. I know that you were just recently at a restaurant show, Big Spoon in Chicago was um, presenting. How'd you guys do?
2: I think uh, we did pretty good. It's a big show, probably not only in U.S., but in, in the world, the biggest restaurant show annually. 60,000 people attended, and we didn't expect all those people showing up to our booth. We were in the uh, startup alley, but we talked to several hundred people. It was exciting to confirm our vision and fun to meet with people, eat food. There was so much food, variety. We loved it. It was and a fun they- show yeah, and I'd like to add
3: that uh, you know we were one of the only thirteen startups that were selected to uh, showcase in the startup alley of uh, the Nat- National Restaurant Association show. Uh, obviously hundreds of companies apply, and we were very fortunate and honored to be to be there. We were also showcased in the special breakfast to the press on the first day of the conference, and uh, they picked twenty companies from the entire show, which is about three thousand exhibitors. We were one of the 20. So it was really honored to be there and we got a lot of good publicity.
1: Well, that's great. And congratulations again. So why don't we go into what Big Spoon is? But first, let's talk about your background. So Sanjeev, I mean, you're well known in the Valley. You've had a lot of executive roles at Cisco and Juniper and have done some startup work. And Jem, you've had also work at Cisco and you've had two successful from startups. Why don't we go into briefly what Big Spoon's all about?
3: So at Big Spoon, we uh, you know our main mission is to help reduce the global food waste problem. And what we have done is we have created this uh, entirely new sales channel for the restaurant owners to reach out to the customers instantly only when they need it in order to be able to sell any of their surplus or unsold food. And that's the way we're trying to attack the problem of uh, global problem of food waste.
1: And what is unique about the way you're doing it?
3: So the, the unique thing about what we do compared to you know, most of the other on, online food ordering, food ordering apps like DoorDash is in, uh, in, in their case, it's a one-way. One-way channel where me as a restaurant owner, I publish my menu and then I'm waiting. There is no way, I have no control over reaching out to customers proactively when I need them. So every restaurant owner, sooner or later, at some point, finds themselves uh, into the situation where they have uh, surplus food or unsold food on hand. And it's at that time that they would like to reach out to the customers. When, When you look at the other side... There is always value-seeking customers anywhere, anywhere in the world. You know, there's always people looking for good food. Students, for example, university students, they are always on budget. They're looking for good, fresh food that they can fi- buy at the cheaper prices. And they have no way of knowing at this point in time, which restaurant should I go where I can get uh, discounted food offers. So it's that that gap that exists in the market today that nobody has addressed. You know, DoorDash, GrubHub, Whoever is there on the market and, 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 and uh, is on the landscape of online food ordering business, they have not addressed uh, this gap. And that's where we entered and we we helped solve that gap.
2: Yeah, another way of saying the same thing is all the other app, the apps and the services, they put the restaurants in a passive mode. They publish their menu once and they keep waiting. Right, There's no way proactively reach out. We allow them. That's our biggest differentiator and they can do it whenever they want it. And as he said, sanjiv said, this is very unpredictable. Restaurant owners, twer- towards the end of the day, they were not sure if they're gonna have a surplus or unsold food. So now they have an ability to reach out whenever they need it. The other services, they don't have this capability. So the traditional methods of um,
3: uh, you know providing discounts to the customers through printed coupons or even online coupons like Groupon, uh, what happens there is you decide it ahead of time. You publish these coupons, uh, and customer has the coupon, and you have no control over when the customer is going to come and use that coupon. That may be at the time when I'm doing really well and I don't want to give any discount. What what we do is we enable the restaurants to publish those coupons for limited time, for limited quantities, when and only when they need it.
1: Right, yeah. that, that's fine. And so I think with what we're hearing, it's an innovative concept uh, built on existing principles. And ways that haven't been done before. I think it's super interesting beyond what we've talked about for a restaurant owner to go ahead and make an offer um, on the spot because it might not be just about um, surplus food. It could be just especially they think about um, presenting. I think about uh, at least in the way that we do social media and social networking, the ability to get community engagement that goes beyond just the surplus food.
3: You're, you're absolutely right, uh, Keith. You know this. This can Not only be used for the purpose that we already described, but also for generating more traffic when they have slow times, when they have a new dish that the chef has created and he wants to publicize that. It's basically an advertising channel, free advertising channel that restaurant owners have available to use whenever they want to use it.
1: Yeah, and I think that's where, you know, I'll pause you right there because we have a lot more show to go and super interesting. So we'll be right back. I'm joined by the founders of Big Spoon, Sanjeev Ukokar and Jem Yudram of Big Spoon. You're listening to Keith Koo at Silicon Valley Insider. If you have any questions or comments, email us at info at at svin.biz. We'll be right back.
0: For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo.
1: Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. Today, I'm joined by the co-founders of a really unique concept in restaurant apps, Big Spoon, CEO Sanjeev Okokar, and COO Jem Yildirim. Thanks again, guys.
3: Thank you. Thank Good you. to be here. Yeah.
1: So this week's question is a follow-up to some of the big news the last couple of weeks. Uh, we had held a TULIP conference in San Francisco, which was next generation blockchains. And the timing was great for the actual vote of the EOS mainnet, which is a generation three blockchain. Um, There's governance built into it. So the question comes up again and again, what is EOS? Isn't it exactly like Bitcoin or Ethereum? Actually, it's not. As I've said on previous shows, Bitcoin was a generation one blockchain. Ethereum was a generation two, which had smart contracts. EOS, which is a lot more complexity but a lot more utility is different in many ways. Um, they generate EOS tokens and instead of a Bitcoin miner or an Ethereum miner, it's really more of an electrical college system like the United States where there's a group of designated block producers and there's actually 21 now in the world because that was just decided about a week and a half ago. They have control over the creation of the blocks, but they actually actually have a lot more control in the governance and management. They can't just simply generate blocks or tokens for themselves. They actually have to govern it very carefully, decide on how to distribute those tokens. And actually, even in some cases, as more and more tokens are being generated, they have to know how to judiciously invest those tokens into the community in order to grow the network. So there's a lot more involved than just a simple... Um, generation or mining. And then beyond that, EOS is said, it's yet to be seen, it solves for the scalability and flexibility issues that might be in a platform like Ethereum. Uh, Ethereum can only handle, you know, seven to 20 transactions per second. But in this case, EOS promises that they can do up to 100,000 transactions. And again, that's then rivaling things like a Visa or a MasterCard. But we really need to know, see it in action to know if that truth will ever happen. Okay. So that's the question of the week. So once again, we're joined by the founders of Big Spoon. Sanjay Sanjeev and Jem, thanks for being here.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
1: So we had a really good introduction in the first segment about what Big Spoon is, how it differs from other apps like DoorDash. And what we really liked was that concept that beyond the ability for a restaurant owner to offer a special or a food and for folks like students who are on a budget and want to find deals you can actually get a lot of community engagement through this application so why don't we talk more about that
2: sure so um, community engagement is very important because the cause is to to uh, food waste and help to uh, planet earth so the community when they hear this they know that they have some uh, important role to play we all know that in the united states only 165 billion dollar food is wasted every year and this is from you know harvesting from the ground all the way to the transportation, and grocery stores, home, restaurants. But we also know that the biggest chunk, 40% plus, happens in the restaurants, the food waste. When community knows this, they wanna do something about it. And it is good for the economy, it's good for the restaurants, it is good for the you know, consumers like students. They wanna you know, not only help the planet Earth and reduce the food waste, but they will allow them to access to the cheaper food and if they are willing to look for the deals and sign up to these kind of services, and then not only they get the good food cheaper, but they help the planet Earth. That's why I think, like you said, the community engagement is very important.
1: Right. And then in terms of, do you have it in test right now?
2: Uh, It's actually uh,
3: already live. Uh, We went live uh, back in January in uh, San Jose, Santa Clara area. Um uh, initially we are targeting two universities in the Bay Area, San Jose State University and Santa Clara University. So we have uh, already uh, a large group of students who have um, you know jumped on board, have downloaded our app, and we also have recruited about 20 restaurants uh, on our map uh, from that area. So currently our goal is to really perfect our model using the uh, these two universities, the students around there, And once it is perfected, then we're going to go big and replicate it, you know, in the entire nation and globally eventually.
1: So what are just a couple of the observations you've seen so far with the product in action?
2: So let me start from the uh, uh, customers or the consumer side. So uh, naturally we do B2B and B2C at the same time. Restaurants are partners on the B2B side and consumers and students, they're on the B2C side and they're the food buyers. So from the food buyers perspective, uh, there are two big important reactions. One, they love the fact that we are helping to reduce the food waste. And second, you know, the people that are on low budget like students and willing to participate in this access to you know, cheaper food. Those are the two important uh, things that they jump on first. From the restaurants perspective, they also like to get their name attached to you know, being green, helping to the planet. And at the same time, you you create more profit. Because normally, even though they feel bad, they have to throw away certain food at the end of the day by regulation, not because it was bad. It's still fresh, good food. If you walk into a restaurant, you would eat it there. But they didn't know what to do about it because it's an unpredictable uh, situation. They don't know when that is going to happen. So the restaurant's reaction is, it's good for planet. It's good for my name and it's good for the community connection, also and it's more profitable. So it's a win-win for restaurants, consumers the same way. So we call it that win-win-win situation that Big Spoon brings. Restaurants wins, consumers, customers wins, and Planet Earth wins.
1: That sounds great. And then is there analytics associated with it that the restaurant owners can make decisions on?
3: Yes, absolutely. We we have built uh, an analytics module, and where it really comes in handy is say if I'm an, uh, I'm a restaurant owner, I'm going to close at nine o'clock. Um, I realize that at eight thirty, that you know I'm going to have uh, ten of this particular dish that I could make if customers walked in, but looks like they're not going to. But what's the right price? That's a good question, right? That's based on several factors like how many people potential customers are around here near my vicinity right now how many other similar offers might be there right now so that's a supply and demand uh, equation and what's the historical pattern about selling so what our analytics brings together is all of these factors together the historical patterns the 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 time of the day day of the week week of the month how the how the demand has been what is the current supply in terms of the number of offers and what is the current uh, current demand in terms of the potential customers that are around there at this point in time. And since our app is a real-time aware app, we have all of this data and we can help them to price it correctly in order to not leave any money on the table, but at the same time, try and sell all 10 of these that I want to sell today.
2: Right. Yeah, another thing I wanted to add to the analytics part on the uh, demand side. Demand side, we don't only look at the p- number of people and their location geolocation, but also we by profile we know their cuisine types, you know, the price range they are interested you know, where they are and what their schedule looks like. So we have that information which feeds into the analytics, you know, to make this decision easier.
1: Yeah, I think that's super valuable. I mean, coming from a financial planning analysis background as well. If I were, not from a restaurant, but if I were to apply those techniques to a restaurant, I think that the ability to plan on a supply chain basis and know you know what day of the week somebody wants to have a certain type of food and how many of those have. I mean, these are the kinds of things that McDonald's does on at scale, but now you're offering to an individual, which I think is really important. Let's save some stuff for the next segment. I wanted to make a quick announcement. I have been speaking at many events, and I've just been announced to be a keynote speaker, at Upward Hartford, their cybersecurity delegation roadshow, which will be on July 23rd in Hartford, Connecticut. I'll probably do a post show on that so people can hear what happened. But I know that 5,000 chief information security officers have been invited to attend that event. Also, want to make sure that if you had questions about EOS and how to adopt the technology, you can email us at info at svn.biz, And we'll be right back with Sanjeev and Jim. A Big Spoon.
0: For questions or comments on today's program, call one 888 828 7846. That's 888 828 SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again,
1: your hosts, Keith Koo. Hey, Insiders. Welcome back to the show. Keith Koo with the founders of Big Spoon, a next generation restaurant application Sanjeev Ukokar, CEO, and Jem Yildirim, COO. Thanks again, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. So for the cyber tip of the week, it's really not a tip, but more of an awareness. Uh, I think we had talked before about how some American researchers and Chinese researchers have found that they can actually manipulate uh, ultrasonic frequencies, frequencies that humans can't hear, to do certain things with your certain types of mobile devices like Alexa and Siri. But now we know that for sure through research that Alexa, Siri, and other types of devices can absolutely not just hear what you're saying or do things, but they can be um, taken over and commands can be inserted into them. So this is really more of an awareness type of dialogue where you know lots of people are adopting Alexa, Siri, Apple's um, version, or sorry, Google's version. And just to be very careful of what settings you have because sometimes it's a configuration where you actually did have control and you could have made those settings um, active in not letting certain commands and frequencies come through. And sometimes it's just very passive. So anytime you're looking at getting that free offer where I'm gonna deliver an Alexa device to your home, just be sure about where you want it placed, who you want it around, if you have kids, um, if you're talking about your financials, because you just never know who's listening to you. So Sanjeev and Jem, thanks again for being here. We've talked a lot about how you guys got started, what's behind the product. Why don't we walk through exactly how people get engaged with you?
2: Sure. So we expect, expect uh, engagement from both restaurants and the consumers. So we are serving and we are trying to connect those two. For the restaurants, uh, they can go to our website, www.bigspoon.com, and there's a you know, sign up for the managers. They're interested and they just simply put their uh, simple information, and we reach out to them. We can do a demo. We can explain their benefits to their financials, and also the you know how they participate in the community, and also the help the planet Earth to for the food reduction. On the consumer side, and uh, we are have you know in this, we are always on the social media, all channels that you can think of. They can Google us. They also come to our uh, website to find out more. And they can go to either Google Play or uh, Apple Store to download our apps and just to use the service. But also, we are looking for advocates from each university. We have internship opportunities in the marketing, sales, and engineering. And they can also uh, sign up to our referral system, which they will uh, get financial benefits. Not only helping the environment and the cows, but for referring friends or for referring uh, restaurants, they can collect you know big spoon credits to be used for the food buying.
1: Well, that's really interesting. I think uh, we talk a lot about how and I'll use blockchain as an example because incentivization is built into the whole economy of blockchain. But it sounds like even without blockchain, you're doing that. You're incentivizing people to come onto your platform. Yes,
3: correct. Yeah, absolutely. We and, and we are also in the process of launching a, a, a new loyalty program that uh, you know is somewhat like frequent flyer program on airlines, uh, which will offer offer even more incentives to all of the the participants. Uh, You know, the more food they rescue from going into the landfills, the more rewarded uh, they will be from from our system. So it's kind of we want to create it a self-feeding system, which kind of, uh, you know, grows itself and grows viral. And just to add to what Jem said earlier uh, from the restaurant side. Uh, you know, we have built our registration system in in a very easy and simple way. So the restaurant's owners can go and do an entire onboard, onboarding process on their own. It's very simple and easy process. So getting engaged from the restaurant perspective is, is very easy. There is nothing to lose from the restaurant perspective. You know, they, they get the free advertising channel. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really no lose situation from, uh, from the restaurant perspective.
1: Sure. And then, in- in the incentivization loyalty program, is it only for the consumers and the food buyers or does the restaurants participate too?
3: Right now, the loyalty program is, is primarily for the consumers.
1: Okay. Yeah, but sometimes your food buyers are your consumers. Yes, yes. Yeah, okay. Are, yeah, so they, yeah, they, they get yeah, like yeah, a double yeah. bonus. Yes, yes. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, So I want to make sure because we've been talking about your name. It's Big Spoon with a Z. With the Z, yes. Yeah.
2: B-I-G-Z-P-O-O-N. Right. And Big spoon your, with Z.
1: And your domain, your website is the same.
2: Www.bigspoon.com with Z. Yes.
1: Okay, great. And just again, I know you said it, but they're in all the social media channels.
2: Yes, we are on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, you name it. We are all on it. Tumblr, Twitter.
3: And and on the app side, uh, you know, our apps are available in the uh, Apple ecosystem, the iOS um, application. Android app is available as well. And, of course, there is a web app as well. So people can use any method that they like. And there is a a separate application for the restaurant owners and for the food buyers. It's a separate application.
1: Okay. And for the food buyers and restaurant owners, is it also Apple and Android or is it a different platform? Same.
3: Same. For, For all of them, the web application, Android application, and iOS application.
1: Okay. So we've talked a lot about how to get started, how to get engaged. What are some of the tangible results for the restaurant owners right now? what have you seen
3: so what we have seen is you know what jim uh, jim already described and we just have had uh, had the validation of that increase in in their their profitability uh, or increase in revenue yep. uh, about 10 to 15% is is the range uh, the second thing is uh, you know you know feeling good about doing something for for the earth you know that definitely everybody uh, you know uh, appreciates that that aspect and increase in the traffic coming into their restaurant. Uh, as Jem mentioned earlier, uh, you know, unlike some other food ordering apps, we don't want to wedge ourselves between the consumers, food buyers, and the restaurants. Our model is a pickup model, so we want to bring the customers into the restaurant. We want them to look at the ambience. We want them to smell the food. We want them to interact with the restaurant staff. And therefore, they are likely to come back again. So they have seen that increased level of interaction. So those are some of the benefits that the restaurant owners are already enjoying, the ones that that have jumped on board with us.
2: Yeah, there's one more aspect that we hear from our uh, restaurant owners. So they are aware that uh, next 5, 10 years, millennials are going to have more buying power. They are going to control a bigger portion of the economy. And these are the people that they are open to new ways of in the app based you know the technology based solutions they are very ca- they care about the in you know, green earth they care about in you know, a community and they are always on the mobile apps so trying to serve this population next to 5 10 years is critical for every restaurant's future so if they don't want to fall behind if they want to be you know on top of the new technolo- technological you know, advancements and they want to also start to serve millennials closer they they love this concept
1: yeah, I think that's good, and I think one thing that we should probably bring out into the open, just because I know that question comes up again and again, is this concept of surplus food. Isn't that just food that will you know expire in the next day or two?
2: Yes, we 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 hear this as a joke or maybe sometimes a serious concern too from uh, consumers, especially. But the uh, the reality is, uh, the food that towards the end of today is uh, is the same food that you would walk in and eat if it if it was not the end of today. But in this Case we don't call it the leftover food, we call it the surplus or unsold, because by regulation they cannot heat it up and sell the next day. They have to throw it away. It was going to go to the landfill and cause more greenhouse greenhouse gas uh, greenhouse emissions. But uh, unlike our home, if we cook today and I bring the leftover food to uh, work tomorrow. So there is no regulation to you know, control that. But in restaurants there are regulations. So again, is we don't want to call it leftover food. It's a surplus food, and unsold food, and fresh, good food. You would enjoy it, you would eat it if you were sitting in the restaurant at the same time.
1: Yeah, I think that's important, right? I have friends who are health inspectors in the Silicon Valley and the Bay Area, and I think it's important to note it's not in like an accounting concept. It's uh, not first in, first out, right? It's, oh, what is first in, first out. It's not last in, first out. And so people need to be really cognizant that anytime you go to a restaurant, the restaurant's going to be serving you the food that is, is closest to... Expiration. That's just a fact. So, thanks for the explanation. Thank you. So, one thing that I wanted to bring out is you know, Silicon Valley Insiders listen to in 59 countries. And so, they're going to be listening to this show. They're going to want to know is this a platform that's available outside the United States?
3: Absolutely. Uh, what we have built actually has a global appeal. So, first of all, the food waste problem is a global problem, the numbers are huge. You know, it's it's a $3 trillion, $3 trillion worth of food being wasted globally every year. It can actually feed half of the planet's population. So it's a real problem. Now, of course, not all of it is coming from the restaurants, but major part, about 40 to 45% is coming out of restaurant. So this is definitely a global problem. So it has a global appeal. Secondly, the behaviors of the people involved, whether you're a restaurant owner or a food buyer, are the same worldwide. So the platform that we have built has worldwide applicability. So our goal is absolutely to to, uh, uh, expand globally uh, after we have done expanding uh, into the United States.
1: Yeah, that's exciting. Uh, What do you think the timing is on that?
3: Uh, Our uh, wishful thinking and really aspirational goal is we want to be a global company in the next three to five years.
1: That's great. I mean, you and I we all came from Cisco. We used to talk about stretch goals all the time. yeah, yep. yep. so that's that's a good goal to have. So one thing I was thinking about, you know, this would be really good for communities. I mean, you know food truck communities, uh, ethnic restaurant areas, Chinatown. Um, have you started penetrating those go- those groups?
3: Not yet. And as uh, as I explained earlier, Right now we are in the process of uh, just perfecting perfecting our model, using two universities as our initial targets. But absolutely, once we're done with that, there are so many areas that we can branch out and we can probably talk about it in the next segment. But uh, you know, we have big plans in expanding, not only into the kind of things that you mentioned, but in a completely different businesses, not necessarily related to food.
1: Yeah, well, Sanjay, you did a much better job transitioning to our next segment than I did. So you are listening to Silicon Valley Insider. I have the co-founders of Big Spoon, a restaurant app that has big aspirations of solving many different challenges in um, the restaurant industry, especially with restaurants being squeezed with costs and being able to manage the supply chain. So it's pretty exciting. So stay tuned. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at is. And again, I wanted to make um, a couple other announcements. So one, I'm going to be keynoting a cybersecurity conference in Connecticut next month, July 23rd. Um, I don't expect all of you to fly out for that, but you can certainly ask me questions ahead of time. And also, if you had questions about EOS, this latest third-generation blockchain, and you want to know how to get um, integrated with EOS, how to convert your Ethereum apps onto EOS, feel free to email me also at svn.biz. And we'll be right back.
0: For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your hosts, Keith Koo.
1: Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. I've been joined today by Sanjeev Ukokar, CEO, and Jem Yildirim, COO of Big Spoon. Before we finish up with their show, I wanted to bring up a really great opportunity, which is IBM's call for code. IBM just announced a call for code with their partners to collectively help solve for natural disasters and things that people are devastated by, whether it's fires or floods or even the volcano in Hawaii. So it was launched on June 18th and it's open till August 31st. It's open to groups up to five or individuals. The winner will be announced October 2018 with a live stream concert by David Clark Cause. So if you need information on IBM's Call to Code, where they're investing over $30 million, email us at info at SVN.biz. All right, so Sanjeev and Jim, it's been a fascinating show. I really like the whole concept of using Big Spoon. To not only solve for food waste, but also to get engagement, help restaurants really understand their customers, get the data analytics, and then also um, kind of a side job or a job opportunity for those who are referrers or food buyers. So thanks again for being here.
2: Thank you. Thank really you. Good to be here.
1: So Sanji, you got really excited. You're talking about what's next. So what is next for Big Spoon?
3: So before we get into the uh, what's next, I think there is one uh, very important aspect about our uh, entire platform and sure. our applic- application ecosystem that we forgot to mention. Uh, so our application, unlike some very similar applications that that are there out there in some other countries, the biggest difference is, first of all, this is a complete full service online food or- ordering app. So any feature that you would see. On, you know, likes of Grubhub or DoorDash are on our platform. So there is a regular menu that is uh, uh, standard, menu that is published on our system. So people don't have to necessarily wait for offers to come. You can always go and order the food. What we have built on top of it is that uh, you know differentiating set of features that we talked about, and by the way, these are patent pending features. We already have filed a patent on that. So I wanted to mention that before we get into that. Um, so talking about the future, I would uh, I would basically describe our future plans in three phases. Our first first phase, then short term f- uh, future is really making sure that our uh, entire app ecosystem is stable, our business uh, processes, everything, uh, you know, all the uh, kinks are ironed out, and we are ready to replicate the model like crazy. That's our short term. In the midterm, what we want to do is we want to also kind of get into this, uh, the model of the Marshalls, the off-price retailer kind of a model, because we have found that some of the restaurants who are name-conscious restaurants, they hesitate to get onto the platform like this. And what we want to do is build a virtual storefront where, you know, there's going to be an element of surprise, just like at Marshalls, you know, any week you walk into the Marshalls, there might be different things that are available that are not there next week. And these are all very uh, high name brand products that are sold at, at the cheaper prices. So we want to build that under our brand name. We want to build that virtual storefront where there's going to be you know, fresh, again, uh, important to remember, fresh food deals at, at much cheaper prices than the regular prices. So that's uh, the midterm. So we want to kind of expand our, our net uh, to all types of restaurants, including single restaurants, restaurant chains, the, uh, even the higher end restaurant through our uh, virtual storefront. And then the, the, the more long-term aspect of it is, is really then expanding our platform to be a very generic uh, surplus management platform. If you really think about it, the concept that that uh, that we have created really applies to a surplus of anything. You know, think about another uh, adjacencies like grocery stores. They have a similar problem like restaurants. Think about bakeries, flower shops. Anything that has a limited shelf life can potentially use our platform and our solution with a very small modifications. And in fact, I would even venture to say that it applies to a surplus of anything, not necessarily something that 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 has a limited shelf life. So what we want to do is eventually, in addition to uh, expanding our footprint globally, we want to get into these other businesses and we want to help everybody that has a surplus of anything to find the customers and channel their goods or services on demand in a very short period of time. So that's really our grand vision where we want to get to.
1: That's a really big vision. That sounds great. Uh, are you, And I think you might have just said it, but are you focusing on perishables only or it can be anything? Uh,
3: in the short term and the midterm, we are primarily focusing on perishables because it's it's a, it's a real problem. And you, know, you can only do one thing at a time. But in the long term, it can be used for the non-perishable as well.
1: And then uh, with just a couple minutes we have left, I wanted to go back to your midterm aspiration. It sounds great like the Marshall's model, if uh, a big name wants to get involved. But how do they actually address their naming associated with the, the deal? Uh, in, in, unlike Marshall, in this
3: case, there is no naming involved. Okay. They just food, fresh food, different type of food that would be available every day. They know that it's coming from some good name brand restaurant, but it. they don't know which one. Okay. I yeah. got
1: it. I got it. Okay. Well, Sanjeev Ukokar, CEO, and Jem Ilduram, coo of big spoon it sounds like you've got really big plans i really do we do, <laughs> we do. <laughs> thanks again for being here on the show
3: thank you keith we really really appreciate this opportunity it was great being here it was great talking to you and look forward to continued uh, partnership with you
2: yeah. also we would like to invite your listeners to join our fight against food waste it's a good cause let's reduce to food waste let's reduce to you know, greenhouse gas emissions and you know, it's good for everyone, not only restaurants and consumers, but the entire community.
3: Let's make our planet a greener planet, one meal at a time.
1: Sounds great. So that's Big Spoon with a Z, -Z B-I-G-Z-P-O-O-N. And they're available on all the social media channels. So once again, you've been listening to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. Anything you've heard about today, Big Spoon, how to use EOS as a blockchain, Contact us at info.svin.biz, and we'll be back next week. Thanks. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. For questions
0: or comments on today's program or to schedule a complimentary consultation with Keith about your business, call 1-888-828-SVIN. That's 1-888-828-7846, 888-828-SVIN.